This podcast deals with adult content, such as extreme themes of graphic nature, which could be difficult for sensitive listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. Uh, welcome to Murder, Murder on the Minds. Do you realize every time we say that, we kind of whisper it? Do we? Yeah. I'm <laughs> we should shout it from the rooftops. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right now, there's no kids in my house. There's no husband. It's pretty quiet over there it's by the bliss. sounds of it. So why the well, hell are yeah. we whispering it? I have no time? idea. I have no idea. Although to be fair, if we were to shout that out, I'm pretty sure people go, "God damn it!" <laughs> and pull the microphones, put their headphones in their ears, go, "Fucking bitches!" <laughs> we could be loud enough at the best of times. I think they probably think, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. Oh my god! But yeah, yeah, here we are again, another main episode. Excited for that, and you know what that also means what survive a murder. Oh fuck yes! And I literally just remembered <laughs> this past second. That is oh my god, yeah. Every oh. every fucking time I forget, and I don't even know what we're on. I'm sure no, we're on murder. We're definitely are we on murder? On murder. Mm. Yes, we are. All right. Ooh. Oh man, I, mine's high up on there at the moment. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I've, to be fair, like I said, I had a really considered family annihilation in oh, the past yeah. week. Yeah, you're having a stressful week. Everyone is. Everyone's having a shitty week, yeah. honestly. But yet, yeah, murder. Oh God, right. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. I have a murder. As it was my birthday these uh past week yeah i am for those who don't know that is why we actually put out the idiot special it was like a birthday present to claire happy birthday thanks i do love an idiot (laughs) (laughs) oh man i could get real deep in that (laughs) fucking hell um but yeah so i'm surrounded by birthday cards all of which have some quite sharp edges so Oh no. I'm thinking initially strike. I can like, what is it like? Uh, ninja, ninja star. star. Yeah. The cards. It's like, pow, 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 pow. That's the plan. Distract them with the pain in the eyeball. And then <laughs> I could paper cut them to shreds. Yes. Nothing hurts more than a paper cut. It's fact. <laughs> <laughs> they do fucking hurt like crazy. But you know what that reminds me of? Have you ever seen Fringe? Please tell me yes. Have I ever seen what? Fringe. No. That's an automatic no. Oh my God. You know what? You're not living your best life, woman. I'm not. I'm really not. Trust <laughs> listen, me. I know. <laughs> so listen, it's, it's sci-fi, right? Um, It was done. It finished a few years ago. But it's... And oh sorry the series finale really hits me hard in my chest it's, oh really it was so good the um interpersonal relationships were really touching and very mm. real um but this one particular episode it was like hallucinogenic got loose sort of thing and this at the very beginning of it this person is thinking he's seeing butterflies and they're just kind of surrounding him at his work yeah. And then all of a sudden, they kind of start going at his face. And then all, with, you know, butterflies are super soft and whatever. Mm. But then he had a, like a razor sharp cut across his face. And then it kept happening across his body. And then they all swarmed on him. And he's getting gash after gash after gash. And he freaks out and jumps through the the window. 
and he dies. What? Yes, but you talking about <laughs> throwing those papers. I totally <laughs> had that in my mind. I was like, yes. <laughs> so I, think, I can see that happening. I think it could be a brutal torture for somebody I really didn't like. And that's what I like about it. There's a few people on my list. I'm not going to name names. I have two murder lists. One for mm. cases and one for genuine murders. <laughs> Um, <laughs> bitch is talking about death notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's how I'm going to murder somebody today. Brutalize them with stationery. Both shower. Fabulous. How about and you? I feel like I could kill somebody with kindness. Oh, oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Get well, your you know- petty going. Yes, you know how shitty i can um how i've been feeling how shitty i can be definitely (laughs) (laughs) but yes i've had a shit time and it keeps coming down and they these people don't seem to realize why anything is happening yeah yeah um and it's like if you freaking paid attention you would bloody understand some shit but you're not and you're and choosing not to they're choosing not to exactly so you know, it's just bake a cake. Here you go. You want some nice coffee? Here you go. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is that not to your liking? Oh, okay, here. Let me just fix a little bit for you. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Make those fuckers feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's the best way, really. It really is. Sadly, I'm way too passive-aggressive to kill people with kindness. I wish I could. Oh, no, here's the thing. I can be passive-aggressive with the best of them, but I also pick and choose and know where I need to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. true. See, I am aggressive-aggressive in some places and passive-aggressive in <laughs> everywhere else. <laughs> Well, I certainly do know some places where you're aggressive and some of the conversations we have, I fucking crack myself laughing. Oh, I can't help it. I just, I'm a bit of a con. <laughs> We've said it before. There's no point in, like, we, we were <laughs> we, we were practicing um, play lines over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Over the week. And um, Dean was going, Claire can play the constable because she's a really good <laughs> constable. And I was like, <laughs> just eyeballing him, like. And you could tell him you can be the dick, oh, you know, <laughs> the detective, you know, because they used to call detective dicks, right? <laughs> I was like, you are walking a fine line, Mister. <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh, ridiculous! But yeah, that's when so... the flying implements start going. Yes, exactly. Your flying starts. Whoa! Fucking. Brr. Just throw that shit. Pow, 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 pow. <laughs> We're really good at that. You would. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what? I've just got to disclose. After when I was trying to set up my machine today, I was breaking into a fucking sweat. I was so warm, but to the point where I've sat here now in my leggings and bra because mm. I was like. <laughs> boiling and now it's because it's your anchor that i know right either that or i've hit 32 and hit the menopause at the same time (laughs) but now all of a sudden i'm fucking freezing so i'm having to wrap the top that i took off around my back (laughs) oh no (laughs) oh 
to be fair, you know, yesterday was like really warm, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, well, we were in the car for six hours yesterday. You do not need to tell me oh, how warm it was. Oh, no, Fuck yes. Me. I know yeah. how that is, especially oh. coming back from Cornwall. That's yeah. so fucking long. It's, it's almost deadly. Yeah. Oh, oh. Did you awful. take the long way around, like towards Bath? Not Bath. Um. Oh, I can't remember where it is, but near Stonehenge. Uh, well, we sort of had to, we had to go A30, then M5, then M4, because we had to drop the kids off, and then we oh, had yeah. to come up oh, the A34. Yeah, and then Dean dropped me off and then had to go an extra hour to his house. Shit, yeah. That's long, that's too much. Just horrendous, <laughs> really horrendous. Oh, yeah. But yeah, let's, should we, jump should we get to it? Let's do it. I'm excited because I have no idea what's coming. Well, you know, I have a feeling this guy's probably on your list. Okay. So the case I am doing is the case of Lonnie David Franklin Jr., a.k.a. The Grim Sleeper. Oh, not on my list. I'm excited. Oh, is he not? No. Oh, you know what? He is dark, man. Really? Oh, yeah. oh, I can't wait. I've been reading Mindhunter across my week away mm. and every few pages there's a little corner folded down for, oh, I need to look into that person. Oh, I need to look into that person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how many, um, that's exactly how my phone looks like. Every time yeah. I hear somebody mention it, I look it up, save it as a tab. Yeah. It's got the, I've got like 25 tabs going. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for this. Yay. Right. Okay, so this this is a very long one, as I was telling you before. Yes. Eight pages, single-spaced. Wow. So, okay. All right, so um, a little background on Mr. Lonnie David Franklin Jr. He was born in Los Angeles on August 30th, 1952, and he was raised in South Central L.A. He married a Belizean woman, Sylvia, with whom he has two children. He served in the U.S. Army and received a general discharge in 1975. He worked as a garbage collector for the Los Angeles Department of Sanitation during the time of his killings. Franklin was also able to, also a very able mechanic and even worked as one at the 77th Street Police Station for some time. Mm. He often helped neighbors and friends as a local handyman and especially with car repairs. And he was living at Los Angeles up until he retired, which was at the time of his arrest. Wow, okay. Now, his criminal records date back to 1989, consisting of two charges of possession of stolen property in 1993 and 2003, and one charge for misdemeanor assault in 1999, one ch- and one of misdemeanor battery in 1997. Franklin served time in prison for one of the stolen tr- properties charges, but was also arrested on other charges several times throughout his life. His first arrest was for auto theft in 1969 when he was 16, right. but he was also arrested for burglary and fire alarm offenses. Fire alarm offenses. <laughs> Fuck off! I hope you didn't realize that. <laughs> no, is that no? Fire- that was a genuine no. question. <laughs> No, it was firearm. I just missed. Oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, 
was like, please don't let her notice it. Please don't let her notice it. I was like, I was like, what, like setting off fire alarms? Is that a, like, is that a criminal offense? Yes, that is. If you set off, if let's say you go to a mall and you set off a fire alarm and there's not one, that is a criminal offense though. Wow. But this was just firearm. I just misspoke. I'm sorry. I mean, it's niche. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Additionally, when Franklin was 22 and then working for the U.S. Army, he was given a general discharge, which I mentioned previously, on July 24th, 1975, after having been released from prison for his conviction of gang raping a 17-year-old girl in Stuttgart, Germany. Fuck me. Franklin and two other servicemen stationed in Stuttgart stops to ask for directions from the teen and then they offered her a ride home, which she gratefully accepted. They then put a knife to her throat, drove her to a field, and repeatedly raped her. Shit. She was able to fake interest in Franklin, ask for his phone number, which she gave to the police when she made her way to the hospital. Wow. Can you imagine being gang raped? But then having to say, oh, you're such a handsome man. Please give me your number so we can hook up later. Well, do you know, it's Just, funny. It's, oh. Be- because in reading this book over the week, like, the, uh, they, they were saying that um, it's, like, the fact that she managed to, A, have the wherewithal to do that, mm-hmm. but B, that he didn't respond adversely because what I was reading was, like, it so depends on the personality of the rapist as to how you can, whether you can get away with certain things, if you know what I mean. Oh, whether it's, yeah. So whether it's about sex or whether it's about control, you know, mm-hmm. if you try and take control of the situation, but they want to dominate you in that respect, which ultimately rape for the most part kind of is. Yep. If you if they think you're trying to take control of the situation, that can have like a completely adverse effect. Definitely. Which can then lead to, you know, terrifying consequences. So it's it's amazing that It's quite the hubris that he would think that after this rape, yeah. She would think, Oh, he's she definitely wants my number to hook up later. Like yeah. what a dick. I mean that it speaks uh. volumes about his character. Jesus. Oh, definitely. Wow, okay. Well, during the gang rape, photographs were taken by one of the rapists. As with the case with the women Lonnie Franklin raped and murdered during his time in South LA. Shit. So, chances are that was him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what an awful thing to do. Okay. Now, a little background on Los An- South Los Angeles back then. Mm-hmm. Beginning in the 1970s, South Los Angeles noticed a rapid decline of the area's manufacturing base, which thus resulted in the loss of jobs that had allowed skilled union workers to have a middle-class life. Downtown Los Angeles service sector, which had long been dominated by unionized African-Americans earning relatively high wages, were then replaced with newly arrived Mexican and Central American immigrants. Widespread unemployment, poverty, and street crime therefore contributed to the rise of street gangs in South Central, such as the Crips and Bloods. They became even more powerful with the money from drugs, especially from the crack cocaine trade, which dominated the gangs in 1980s. 
During the mid-1980s, police would discover several dead bodies in alleyways and dumpsters in South Los Angeles, California, in the area of California. However, originally these deaths would be hauntingly marked as marked down as NHI, also known as No Human Involvement. Oh, wow. The attached label was often used when associated with habitual drug users and or sex workers. Okay. Furthermore, these women of color often were thought of as throwaways by the LAPD. <sighs> okay. Ugh, well, ah, so many feelings I'm, right now. I know, but mm. I'm like, I need to put that in. I think it's quite important. Yes. It sets the, um, the mood of the area at the time, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. While this was happening, Margaret Prescott, whom hosted a show called The Sojourner Truth, would learn that 11 black women had been raped, shot, or strangled to death, and their bodies were being dumped in bushes or trash receptacles along Western Avenue. Gathering her strength, the activists rallied with other activists and formed the Black Coalition Fighting Black Serial Murders to put pressure on the community and the police department as a whole. As a result, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department and police began investigating the murders setting up the Southside Slayer Task Force. At the time, the police thought that the murders were being committed by one person whom they labeled the Southside Slayer. Mm. The crimes were announced to the public on September 23, 1985. Eventually, the LAPD and the detectives realized that there were several serial killers murdering women, and it was a difficult task for the detectives to decide which murders were linked. During their investigation, the task force was able to suss out various other murderers such as Louis Crane, Daniel Leach, and Daniel Lee Schubert, whom committed at least two of the murders, plus Ivan Hill and Mikey Hughes, with whom was thought to have committed at least one each. Right. So during that time, they had quite a bit of different murderers occurring. This wasn't just a single person. Yeah, well, California... In the 70s and 80s, especially, just so much, so much murder, so many serial killers. Further on into the Southside Slayer investigation, a separate series of killings occurred, including the murder of Deborah Jackson. Deborah Jackson, 29, was shot three times in her chest, and her body was found August 10, 1985, in an alley near West Gange Avenue in the Vermont Slauson area. As this murder involved a firearm, it was therefore a different M.O. than what they had been previously dealing with. This, as we know, became Franklin's M.O. He would target African-American women aged in their teens to mid-30s, some of them being sex workers. He would usually pick them up either by force or, if they were sex workers, by soliciting them, and then he would rape them. He would also take photos of them with a Polaroid camera and then kill them by shooting them in the chest with a tit Titan FIE 25 caliber semi-automatic pistol. It's awful. It's horrible. I mean, oh, jeez. Uh, I'm going to mm. continue. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, gee. Yeah. Then on August 12th, 1986, Henrietta Wright, 35, was found dead of multiple gunshot wounds in an alley near the two, uh, 2500 block of West Vernon Avenue in Hyde Park. At the time of her death, Lieutenant Joseph Freya, Chief of Detectives for the Los Angeles Police Department, 77th Street Division, said he had no suspects in the killing. Wright's body was found under a discarded mattress 
and it was believed that she may have been killed elsewhere and dumped in the alley. It was not until later that Los Angeles police tied Wright's death to the work of a serial killer who had first struck the previous year. Thomas Steele, 36, was found dead August 14, 1986 at the intersection of 71st Street and Haldale Avenue in Harvard Park, authorities said. This is a dude. This is a dude. Right. However, okay. Franklin has not been charged in Steele's death, although authorities believe Steele's killing is connected to the other cases. Interesting. Yeah. So Barbara Ware, 23, was found dead January 10th, 1987, in the 1300 block of East 56th Street in the central Almeida area. A man who said he saw Ware's body being dumped called 911 to report what he had been seeing. According to a transcript of the call, the man said he wished to remain anonymous because he knew too many people and, so and someone threw her out. The only thing that's hanging out of this, like he threw a gas tank on top of her and, uh, and, uh, only thing you can see is her feet. Oh, he, gosh. he also reported a full license plate number for the van the body had been dumped from. That license plate was I P Z P seven four six. That is the full license plate. How the That's... fuck were they not able to connect that? I mean, honestly, <laughs> did did they even try? That's that's the real yes, question. That is exactly it. Uh, you know, as awful as it sounds. Well, that's exactly why I I put, you know, that paragraph the yeah. blah, 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 the info about South Los Angeles at the time because. Yeah. Even the LAPD thought of these women as throwaways. So, of course, they're not... Even though they have the information, what if they give a shit? And that's oh, the absolutely. crux of this entire investigation and why he was able to get away with this for so long. Yeah. And sadly, I think, you know, in in many areas, it, it's... Sex workers are still considered in the same terms, which is absolutely awful. It's, yeah. It's... Oh, please forgive my phrasing, but, you know, it's quite easy for a cop in an area to go, oh, it's just a hooker. What does it matter? Here's you know? the thing. Every single, every single article I was reading, whether I put it in my uh, paper or not. Yeah. Called them prostitutes. Yeah. And this were even some as recently as, was it this year or last year? Wow. So it's like no, there's no reason for that. I just it's don't. Just disgusting. I don't think people even think before they open their mouth. No, and they I really think, don't. Yeah, yeah, they they really don't. And people will happily use terms like that because it oh, depersonalizes. Yes, that's women. exactly it. No, dehumanizes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, now they don't have to think of them as yeah one of them. It's because to them, it's not. Well, unfortunately, it goes once again back to this misogyny of if you're, put, you're willing to put yourself in that situation mm -hmm. or whatever, then perhaps you deserve it or perhaps exactly. you are asking for it. Fuck off. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's absolutely not the case. I just feel the need to really spell that out. <laughs> yep. So, um, as I had just said, they had his 
full license plate number for the van he used. The van was described by the caller to be located in a church parking lot about four and a half miles away from where where his body was found. Bernita Sparks was found dead April 15, 1987, in the 9400 block of Southwestern Avenue in Gramercy Park. She had been shot with a small caliber gun. Sparks' body was discovered in a trash bin. Mary Lowe, 26, was found dead October 31, 1987, in the 8900 block of Western Avenue in Gramercy Park. Her body was dumped in an alley and covered up. She, too, had been shot with a small-caliber gun. Lucretia Jefferson, 22, was found dead January 30, 1988, in the 2000 block of West 102nd Place in the Westmont area. Alicia Monique Alexander, 18, was found dead September 18, 1988, in an alley near 43rd Place and Western Avenue in Vermont Square. These murders became known as the Strawberry Murders. I didn't find out why they call it Strawberry Murders, though. I looked so freaking hard. I spent like an hour trying to suss this out, and I could not find it, yeah. Hmm, I've definitely heard it somewhere, but whether there was an explanation in what I heard, I really can't remember. On November 19th, 1988, Anitra Washington, a then 30-year-old mother of two, was walking to her friend's house when a stranger pulled up next to her and politely offered her a ride in his orange pinto, customized with racing stripes, rims, and high-end tires. She initially declined the offer, saying, You can't holla at me through car windows. She said, You have to get out and talk to me. But he continued to press, and at one point saying, That's what's wrong with you, black woman. People can't be nice to you. To me, that felt very incel-like. Like, she, because he was saying one nice thing, all of a sudden, she has to jump to his whim. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's awful because not only is it implying that uh, black women in particular are angry and aggressive Mm -hmm. and argumentative, but it's just horrendous. It has nothing to do with her race. That's the issue. Exactly. She was walking to her friend's house, minding her business, and this guy comes up to her and like, yo, pay me attention. Ugh. No, she does not yeah. owe him jack Exactly. Shit. Oh, you... Oh. Uh. Like, they're calling her up, you know... Yeah. Oh, Being pissed you're... off at her, yeah. Yeah, and, like, mentioning her race and shit like that. It's just, like... It's wrong. What happened to you? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Why do you think that you're owed something by this woman? It's just... Because he's a male. Well, yeah, that's you know? so true. Yeah. Uh, obviously, before people start up, not all men. <laughs> I know that. But that's just how, especially back then, how it was. You know what? I was friggin' alive then. <laughs> yeah. And not much with how the male ego back then versus now has improved. You had some really great men back then. You have some really great men now. But then they're not the ones who are necessarily the leaders, you know? No, exactly. And it's like um, monkey see, monkey do type of shit. And yeah. I have to say, it's really hard for me to say that. 
because monkeys scare the crap out of me. <laughs> I don't even like saying the word. Like I'm my, so right with now, you. My tummy yeah. is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I, they see one person doing something and they do it as well. Yeah. that That's what it comes down to. <sighs> yeah. And Trisha Washington changed her mind because she felt sorry for the man as she described him as a <sighs> short in his early 30s and dressed neatly in a khaki and buttoned up shirt. If a girl is doing something for a man out of pity, that is not a result, people. And that is exactly, of the world. she said she felt pity for him. She felt sorry for him. No, 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 no. Just Nobody wants a don't. pity fuck. Nobody wants a pity date. Get over yourselves. Oh, no. that, oh, that, oh, this poor woman. Sorry. It's horrible. Whilst in the car, Franklin drove in the opposite direction of where she was headed, explaining he needed to pick up some money owed to him from his uncle. He stopped at a house, went in, and then came back out to the car. After driving for a while, she thought he called her Brenda and realized he was talking to her. She said, all of a sudden, everything went really eerily quiet. In shock, she reached for the door handle. Don't touch that door, bitch. I'll shoot you again. For the first time, she realized she had been shot. She said his voice was menacing, but mostly calm. She kept asking him why he shot her. He again called her by someone else's name, and she said she was always dogging him out disrespecting him i don't even know you she insisted that's when washington said she blacked out and when she came to he was on top of her this is going to get a bit graphic so you can skip over 30 seconds if you need to Mm. she continued to lose and gain consciousness she was waking up to him kissing her then with his face between her legs then again to the flash of a camera He had taken a Polaroid photo of her. Franklin shot her, sexually assaulted her, took a Polaroid picture of her before pushing her out of his car, leaving her for dead. Wow. However, she survived. Oh, thank goodness. And Rita Washington lay on the street in her mind for ages before she forced herself to move. Assessing her location... She realized she was actually right in front of her friend's home. Oh, the wow. The one she was going to meet. Fading in and out, she made it to her friend's home's porch. She knocked, but no one answered. and She continued to bang on the door. She waited, and eventually her friend and her friend's husband pulled into the driveway. Her friend asked her where she had been, then started hysterically screaming when she saw the blood. Paramedics soon arrived. He took Washington to a hospital where she would undergo surgery and spend about three weeks. She's the only known survivor of the Grim Sleeper. Just flashing forward, about a year after her long-term recovery, she believes that she saw Franklin again. Oh my God. She was outside her house in Inglewood when a man walked up to her. He said, do you know me? she responded am i supposed to eventually she realized 
excuse me, eventually she thought about it and she remembered the Inglewood address was on her driver's license, which had gone missing at some point during the attack. Oh my God, how, oh, that's, that's. I would have fucking gotten my shit moved. Of all of the things that you've just said, and this is, I don't know what this says about me. He was checking up on her. The fact that he's gone back. He's obviously seen in the news that she survived. Yep. Like, the fact that he's gone back, uh-huh. that is horrendous. Oh, my God. I know. When I read that, my mouth just dropped to the Ugh. floor. I couldn't believe it. I think of all that, that would have scared me the most. Yeah. He was checking to see uh, if she remembered, if he, she couldn't name him in a lineup. Um, and if that's the case... What are the chances he didn't have a gun with him at that moment? It's terrifying. And what's the likelihood of the police acting on that? You know? Well, they're not going to go. They call and him the surely... grim sleeper for a reason, you know? Yeah. They're not going to. Surely they're not going to go and. They're not. She's, she's not going to go and put her into protective custody because she thinks that. That that guy, do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. awful and terrifying, and just you think that you might be gaining a just an ounce of normality back into your life after a horrifying experience, mm-hmm. and then he has the gall to show up. He's essentially stalking this woman because oh. who knows how many times he was just looking for his opportunity to come at her when yeah. she was alone. Yeah, you know, and how much you want to bet when he came up to her. That street was empty. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, because you don't oh. do that in broad daylight. You don't go to the public mall area and then ask that person there. You're going to have witness here, witness there. Witness 35 down the street, you know. That area was empty when he did it. I guarantee it. Awful, terrifying. Ugh. I just, I, I can't. I'm just... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. Wow. While she was in the hospital, she also provided a description that would lead to a police sketch that was released to the public. However, nothing came from this. Wow. This would be the last attack for the next couple of decades, and it was speculated it was this reason, the fact that she survived, mm. why he laid low for so long. Yeah. During a routine patrol stop in February of 1989, now, just to go back, yeah, she was attacked November 19, 1988. Right. Okay. This is the following year. This is the following, a few months later. February of 1989, Ricky Ross, a 40-year-old narcotics investigator, was seen with a sex worker in his car. Believing that he was highly intoxicated and therefore driving under the influence, Ricky Ross was arrested. The arresting officers said that Mr. Ross and the woman had been smoking cocaine. Ricky Ross was allowed to go home, but later he was arrested at his residence after a gun was found in his car, which is erroneously linked by ballistic tests to three of the killings. Oh, wow. The unnamed sex worker told investigators he wanted to go to the trunk of his vehicle. It was later reported that the woman told detectives she became concerned for her safety when Mr. Ross said he wanted to get something from the back of his car. The gun, a twenty-five caliber, was found in the trunk. The chief said it was not Mr. Ross's service weapon. 
Hmm. With him arrested and charged, they think, you know, case closed. Yeah. And, of course, that long period between murders. Yes. Would certainly lead them to thinking all's well that ends well. Yes. Mm. Unfortunately, that was not the case. That was 1989. Right. March 19th, 2002. Wow. Okay. Princess Bartholomew, 15 was found strangled and beaten in Inglewood Alley. He has something about Inglewood, I tell you. Yeah. Her nude body was found by a passerby in the shrubs. Although the coroner gave the date of her body as found March 9, 2002, officials from the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office said her body was actually found 10 days later, which was the March 19th. Right. Bartholomew was last seen by her family on December 21st, 2001 that is so sad i just young girl didn't get to families so worried yeah and they imagine your child missing just before the holidays it's ruining that for the rest of Mm -hmm. your life and it's one thing if the person has run away but then it to be marred further because yeah. of this, it's just, yeah. oh, fucking hell. Oh, it's the worst. All I keep thinking is, like, he could have, he could have got away with it. He, but, he, oh, yeah, he could have gotten away with but it. But his compulsion to do this is, 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 is this so is what strong. I, I don't get. It's not normal for them to stop. No, what are the chances well, are they just haven't linked him to other murders? Well, that's the thing. If you didn't I know, don't believe it. I don't believe it. He could have moved away. Maybe. I mean, there's got to have been something that was happening. Maybe his MO changed. Maybe something happened. But that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's changed his MO. And then when things... You'll see. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because just... if you didn't know who he was, you, you, you'd be able to say, oh, well, maybe he spent... That those 12, 13 years in prison for something else or, well, or whatever. Well, he was in prison off and on as well. Okay, interesting. Speaking of. Yes. Uh, around this time, Lonnie David Franklin Jr. faced up to three years in prison after pleading no contest to receiving stolen property. As part of a plea agreement with prosecutors, however, he was sentenced to jail for only 270 days. Wow. Once he entered jail, Franklin benefited from Los Angeles's overburdened justice system. Of course he did. They always do, don't they? Oh. Sheriff's officials were releasing inmates early to ease overcrowding in the co- in the county's jails. Franklin was released in May 2003 on parole, more than four months early. Sweet Jesus. Two months after his release, a crossing guard in the Westmount area of city stumbled across a lifeless female body. The woman had suffered trauma to her neck. Valerie McCorvey, 35, was found dead July 11, 2003, on Denker Avenue between 108 and 109th Street in the Westmount area. Jensia Tw- Peters, 25, was found dead January 1, 2007 the 9500 block of Southwestern Avenue in Los Angeles. She'd been shot and covered with a garbage bag. 
A homeless man looking for cans noticed her red fingernails poking out of a garbage can. This led to the discovery of her bodies, and authorities were called. Then, on May 2007, the murder of Jenny Spears was linked through DNA analysis to 11, possibly 12, unsolved murders wow. in Los Angeles. The first which occurred in 1985, as you may recall. Yeah. That was um, Deborah Jackson, I believe. Let me go back. Deborah Jackson, yeah. Yeah. The 800 task force was then formed, consisting of seven detectives. After a four-month-long investigation, the LA Weekly investigative reporter Christine Pelsek broke the news of the secret 800 task force. The linking of Peter's killing to a string of murders going back 23 years and the fact that Mayor Antonio Villagrasoil and Police Chief William Bratton had been silent on the killer's existence. The mayor and mm. chief never issued a press release nor even warned the South Los Angeles community of the t- killer's continuing activity. It's outrageous. That's disgusting. How could you not tell your constituents that there is an active killer in your area and to remain vigilant? You know, they have no problem telling a woman not to wear short sh- shorts, you know, yeah. but come a killer that's affecting so many women and, you know, sew her mouth shut. Oh, well, if it's prostitutes, what does it matter, for fuck's sake? It, the whole thing is... Mm. In some cases, alternative newspapers would be the first to inform families that the daughters had long been confirmed as victims of serial killers. Can you believe not knowing? And then having mm-hmm. a newspaper tell you, I would be livid. I, oh, I would be raging. Absolutely fucking raging. This whole thing is a clusterfuck. Yeah, it really is. In late August 2008, the same week, the Weekly broke the sole survivor story with information on the Grim Sleeper's body count um, of 13 victims and aide to police chief William Bratton said he was too busy to comment on the case. Oh, fuck off. In early September 2008, officials in Los Angeles announced they were offering a $500,000 reward to help catch the killer who has murdered at least 10 women and a man in two sprees over the past 20 years. See, they even admit on more occasions that they believe he was linked. Yeah. Wow. On February 25th, 2009, for the first time, Chief Bratton held a press conference regarding the case at which police formally gave the killer the name The Grim Sleeper, which was chosen by Ellie Weekly. This feels a lot like Golden State Killer. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was thinking that, and I was thinking, for want of a better turn of phrase, if this guy had just kept his nose clean, yep, he'd have got or got away with it. I mean, I'd oh, like to hope that it would it. it would have caught up with him in the end, but oh, I love that so many serial killers and previous killers are coming out because of DNA and all that. Yeah, I finally hate getting what shaking they fucking in their deserve. Boots. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? But but they can't even they they don't even have the excuse of this man traveling to different jurisdictions and the the communicative issues that were there with the Golden State Killer case. This is just blind fucking ignorance. Oh yes, and uh, 
people just being lazy because yeah. you'll find out. It's oh, oh, they're mad. Oh my god, it, it made me so mad when I was reading this. Police chief Bratton and then released a call from the 1980s made by the 911 operator in which the man reported having seen the body, which later turned out to be the victim of the grim sleeper, which was getting dumped by the killer, with the detailed description and license plate of the van connected with the now-closed Cosmopolitan Church, which we know with the full license. In December 2009, the LAPD re-released the original police sketch of the grim sleeper based on the description given to them in 1988 by his only known survivor, entries, and he's, oh, I can't say her name right now, Miss Washington. <laughs> <laughs> the sketch shows the black male with pock marks across his cheeks. In December 2009, the LAPD also released three Asian-hands composite drawings showing the markedly different faces of three middle-aged black males. On July 7th, 2010, an arrest had been made. District Attorney Steve Cooley identified the suspect as 57-year-old Lonnie David Franklin Jr. The arrest of Franklin was reportedly due, at least in part, to the use of familial DNA analysis. Woohoo! Right? Police had been unable to find an exact match between DNA found at the crime scenes associated with the Grim Sleeper and any of the profiles and kit. California's DNA profile database. Thus, police searched the database to try to find stored profiles that demonstrated sufficiently similar, similar, uh, sufficient similarity to the profile of the crime scene evidence to allow police to infer a familial relationship between the person who left the DNA at the crime scene and a similar profile stored in the database. Right. Police eventually located similar DNA belonging to Franklin's son, Christopher, who had been convicted of a felony weapons charge. According to Los Angeles District Attorney Steve Cooley, detectives then used a piece of discarded pizza with Franklin's DNA to make the link. One Los Angeles undercover police officer pretended to be a waiter at a restaurant where the suspect ate. He collected dishes, silverware, glasses, and pizza crust to obtain DNA. Yes. The identification was used to arrest Franklin after his DNA was obtained and deemed a match. Saliva found on victim's breast was used to obtain a DNA match, thus linking Franklin to the murders. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> Here's the kicker and why this took so long. Oh, no. Law enforcement missed an opportunity to catch Franklin earlier on because his DNA was never collected. Yeah. Yeah. As we previously discussed, in 2003, he was convicted of a felony and was serving three years as supervised probation. Mm. When he was on probation, his DNA was supposed to enter the DNA database. In 2004, voters approved a Proposition 69 the law states that DNA must be collected for all people charged of a crime. Yeah. It also requires the expansion of the DNA database. Authorities collected and sorted through thousands of DNA samples. Then on July 2005, Franklin was on unsupervised probation. During that time, Franklin's DNA never entered the system. 
probation I'm officer. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> I know. That's what I do. I was reading this and I'm shaking my own head. I already know what's happening. <laughs> probation officers did not collect DNA samples from people that are on unsupervised probation between the periods of November 2004 and August 2005. During that period, the probation department also did not have the resources to immediately collect samples. As a result, officers did not collect samples until August 2005. Fuck's sake. On December 16, 2010, the Los Angeles Police Department released 180 photos of women found in Franklin's home. Wow. Police officials released the images after unsuccessful... Unsuccessful... Unsuccessful attempts <laughs> to identify. That's ironic. <laughs> I know. That was uh, fucking annoying. <laughs> anyway, unsuccessful attempts. <laughs> Police officials released the images after unsuccessful attempts to identify the individuals, possible, possibly additional victims. Wow. These people are not suspects. We don't even know if they are victims. But we do know this. Lonnie Franklin's reign of terror in the city of Los Angeles, which spanned well over two decades, accumulating in almost a dozen murder victims, certainly needs to be investigated further. That was by Chief Charlie Beck of LAPD. Mm. In all, investigators found over a thousand photos and several hundred hours of video in his wow. home. Oh, what a sick puppy. He is wretched. Ugh. The images show mainly African-American women of a wide age range from teens to middle age and older. Often they wow. were nude. Police believe Franklin took many of the pictures, which show both conscious and unconscious individuals dating back 30 years. The photos were released in an effort to identify the women with the help of citizens. On November 30th, 2011, Routers reported that police will consider Lonnie David Franklin as a suspect in six more slayings of additional female victims. The police were investigating two of the six as potential victims killed during the 14-year lapse between initial spate of the Grim Sleeper and several more that began in 2002. Of the remaining four victims, Two bodies were discovered in the 1980s and two more were reported missing in 2005, but the remains of the other two were never found. Detectives said they linked Franklin to the six additional killings after reviewing hundreds of old cases files and seeking the public's help in identifying a collection of 180 photographs of women and girls that were found in his possession. Now we go to the trial. Oh, I'm just so flabbergasted. I know, I know. Whilst Franklin was arrested on July 7, 2010, he sat in jail due to a large volume of evidence in his case, some dating back 30 years, and thus causing a lengthy pre-trial discovery. Additionally, the trial was delayed several times, but finally opened February 16, 2016. Wow. Right? Fucking That's hell. That's a length. Sweet Jesus. During the trial, District Attorney Beth Silverman projected photos of the ten women from happier days, many smiling from headshot, headshots that captured their youth 
and the hairstyles of the time. The images were in stark contrast to gory crime scenes and autopsy photos which displayed and half of their naked bodies sprawled among garbage that made family members wince, weep, and recoil in the gallery. Those poor families. Defense lawyer Seymour Seymour Amster challenged what he called the inferior science of DNA and ballistics evidence. What? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, is he some sort of like witch doctor or something? You would think because I don't remember the last time anyone has called DNA inferior. Oh, like this is not people. the seventies. But how many people oh, disregard science? I mean, how many people don't even believe in climate change? Well, I was gonna say, yeah. Let's be honest. Between uh, science and religion and sheer ignorance, there. <laughs> Some interesting opinions. I'm going to read that again because you need yes. to listen to this. This is a... Uh... Anyways, defense lawyer Seymour Amser challenged what he called the inferior science of DNA and ballistic evidence. During his closing argument, he introduced a new theory. A mystery man with a mystery gun and mystery DNA. They were responsible for all the killings. He said the man was a nephew of franklin's who was jealous because his uncle had better luck with romance though he offered no supporting evidence let alone a name amster claims to have based the theory on the testimony known by the sole survivor mrs washington (sighs) how does he get a mystery man with a mystery gun and a mystery dna to be maybe franklin's nephew well also uh, sorry i'm just (laughs) i understand how how can you sit and say that dna and ballistics is boo hockey and then claim that it belongs to it supports it being evidence of somebody else is either bullshit or it's not which is it yeah i know i know well thankfully the da shot back at him Good. He's one tough cookie. I like her. District Attorney Beth Silverman scoffed at the mystery nephew notion, saying it was irrational as an explanation as a spaceship killing the women. Yeah. <laughs> she said the killer just lied to Washington about an uncle and was probably stopping at his house to get his gun. Of course that's what happened. <laughs> I mean, how, that defense lawyer, what, what kind of defense is that? Oh, God. I mean... That's clutching at straws, isn't it? You know? You know, it you really want to create reasonable doubt. That is, if you, especially if you don't have a solid defense. Your point is yeah. to create reasonable doubt. If you've got some of your jurors going, I don't know, I don't think it's him. And I cannot say it is because I just don't feel like it possibly could be. Yeah. And that creates reasonable doubt. And that could have gotten him off. You can't just say, well, you know. Could have been somebody else. Yeah. No. Why not give something solid? Why not maybe point to an actual uncle who lived in the area if that was the case? Um, that would have caused a more appropriate reasonable yeah, if doubt. Yeah. If you're going to a real stones, legitimate person. Yeah. Throw them properly. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Fuck's sake. It's a mystery person. Oh my god. That is like the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Fucking yeah. idiot. Oh. You know. This is where. The DA can come and go, yeah, but he doesn't actually have an uncle. Like, show Ex- that he's got a fucking uncle. Exactly. 
like I said, the, reasonable yeah. doubt. Oh, There's nothing amateurs. reasonable about that. I know. I really want to. I really want to become a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, the attack fit the pattern of seven previous killing, killings and showed how the killer carried out the crimes. The bullet removed from Washington's chest matched ammo retrieved from the previous victims, and she provided a detail that would later prove telling. During the trial, Washington took the stand and described how her attacker took a Polaroid photo of her as she was losing consciousness. Police were able to search Franklin's house more than two decades later and located the snapshot of the wounded Washington slouched over in a wow. car with her breast exposed. This photo was hidden behind a wall in his garage. Closing <sighs> arguments began May 2nd, 2016, and the jury began deliberating May 4th, 2016. The jury convicted Franklin on all accounts on May 5th, 2016. Then on June 6th, 2016, the jury recommended that Franklin should be sentenced to death. Yes. Sorry. And I'll... <laughs> No, 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 don't get all hopeful yet. Oh, damn it. On August 10th, the Superior Court sentenced Franklin on each court, naming the individual victims. During the sentencing, Franklin sat cold-faced, showing no emotions. Then on March 13, 2019, Governor Gavin Newsom announced that there would be no executions during his term as governor. And as a result, of course. the lethal injection facility at San Quentin immediately closed. And therefore, and now, <sighs> he remains sat behind bars on death row as the clock slowly ticks away, waiting for the Grim Reaper to take him. And that is the true crime case of Lonnie David Franklin, a.k.a. the Grim Sleeper. Wow, well done. Oh, I'm mad about the death penalty thing. I've I got know. To be honest. When I read that, I was like, "Yes!" And then I was, I was like, "You know what? Where is he now?" And like, so, just just last minute, and I saw that it's all closed, so nothing's happening at the moment. It's like, fuck so it. if you're on death row, but then they said that, it, so is this just a temporary pause of? Yeah, it's like the a death reprieve. Penalty. Um, right. But so they still actually have goes. to be on death row. He's still on death row. They're not but that general pub population at that point no he's still death row right. he okay. will remain there however even from what i was investigating they said it could even be 30 years before he's actually put during his term before he's even given a time he'll get killed well, so he'll be dead by then you would think because he's in his 60s now i believe yeah i don't so, think he'll last much longer being on death row as it is frankly no i don't think so or at least i hope yeah so many tangents and social and political and all of it's those sorts relevant. of elements yeah massively great oh, job man. the more i read it the more enraged that I, I was yeah but yeah what for me the saving grace was how they got his dna like fuck yes whoever came up with that Absolutely. idea you're fucking brilliant i love it's yeah. right out and it's in public yeah. whereas with if you recall with the golden state killer they kind of scurried around and grabbed it from his garbage can yeah right yeah yeah this was they fucking set out to get it in a spectacular fashion honestly and, i would have oh. been carrying those plates out with them shaking oh i know <laughs> but don't forget these people are professionals yeah it was the undercover police officer who did it 
And I wish I knew his name because that man deserves all the kudos. Fucking right. It's outrageous that it took so long to get it sorted, but thank God. But you have to think, they thought they had solved some of those cases with the narcotics investigator Ricky Ross being behind bars. So what happened to him? What happened to the remainder of them? Um, He's been released and he will not be pressing charges about, not like... Um, going after them for wrongfully arresting him. So, Oh, is that because he yeah. was with a sex worker doing cocaine by any chance? Even though he was a narcotics <laughs> investigator? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find a lot about him, and I had to find um, archived files just oh, to wow. get that information about him. So, Interesting. Yeah. I really want to, between us, to mm. really try and focus on some cases of people of colour victims of because i feel like so far because it's a lot of the time as awful as it sounds it's the information that's easier to find it's the cases that are higher profile Mm -hmm. you know it's a lot of white victims and i but that's what i've been noticing there's yeah so many podcasts that listen to really focus on white victims yeah but they're not the whole story you've got people of color i'm a person of color and i don't i never hear any stories about my background never and my race is barely mentioned in the media and on the occasion it is it's because of some colombian is bad-mouthing a peruvian yeah yeah exactly And that's exactly how that's how it always is and again it's very rare Oh, for sure, for sure. And although, like, the only place that I can um, think of, that I know of, that's really focused on a lot of this is the um, the Missing and Murdered podcast um, that focused on, like, the Indigenous women in Canada, the CBC. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Finding Cleo as well. Yes. Breaks Um, my heart, all of them, just... And it's interesting that it's happened at this time because they they held an inquiry and I don't know if you've seen the reports and um the the inquiry has called the the murders and disappearances of these indigenous Canadian women a genocide a Canadian yes. genocide yes and it's so persistent you would not believe some of the stories I heard in school yeah about how even the teachers felt about native americans and i think about it very often about what one teacher said about a native american girl who came to the school and the stories she told him and for him he was kind of scoffing it off like it was funny and i was livid i was disgusting i remember saying i need to go to the bathroom and i just stood on the toilet shaking and um, you know yeah it's awful and what's even more incredible and sad and but also positive in a weird sort of way is it's take i i it's taken those podcasts to make this inquiry happen it's they're finally shining a light on the black stain of Canadian history. Yeah. Because it's not even history. Like I said, it's happening oh, now. Yeah. 
This shit is happening now. And the problem is when you hear all these white women, oh, Canada is great, blah, 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 blah. No, they're not. Canada is problematic. Look to its history and open your eyes. Even look at the political climate now. I'm sorry. If you look at John Trudeau, sorry, Justin Trudeau, he is not a spick and span as you white people thought he was. Well, but this is the problem. People see what they want to see. Yeah. That's true. And they gloss over the bits they don't want to see. And unfortunately, that... Close their eyes. That a lot of the time is what is happening to the people of colour and the minorities mm-hmm. and the people who who are just at a disadvantage for yes. socially. People who desperately so need many the help reasons. aren't getting it. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> and it's... It's outrageous. So I am. I do have my murder list, but I'm absolutely going to um, seek to put a spotlight on some victims of color. Yeah, I have a few of them, actually. Um, you know how I've mentioned the Bumblebutt podcast. Mm. So now yes. I have been really, really digging them lately because yeah. they've been doing a lot of cases from like the late 1800s. Oh wow! Okay. Um, talking about white people versus tribes, um, versus the uh, Native Americans. Yeah, yeah. And it's fascinating between the um, the harsh. I was I keep saying it today, but the harsh reality of how it used to be. Mm. Of these Native Americans versus the whites, because the white yeah. people have come in, and they've just taken so much from them, and they forced their hand and pushed them back. Mm. And obviously, I don't know so much about American history versus that. Um, yeah. You know enough. But learning so much more about it is mm. so intriguing and how. And that that's funnily enough, this is what got me thinking about this subject. And the yeah. fact that we're bringing it up is another hilarious coincidence. Mm. Um, but I, I'm really, really digging it. And with a shitty week I've been having. I had so many piled up because I've not been listening to podcasts. I've actually been yeah, listening yeah. to um, music that's nice. um, real piano and violin, something to really calm my mind. Yeah, lovely. So I've had so many episodes piled up and finally caught up. And really, especially the last two main episodes, give it a, link, give it, um, a listen. Yeah, one of well. the most recent one was um, like the trial of this Native man. Native American man called Bobo Link. Oh, right. it was so fantastic, honestly. Like, major, you, you have to listen. You have yeah, to listen. I will. I absolutely so will. So good. Yes. I love them. Mm-mm-mm. On my list. Fabulous. I'm digressing quite a bit. Yes. But it's, it's important. important. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, should we uh, move on to the idiot? Let's let's let's. So, oh, this is two parts idiot, two parts fucking shitty. Yes, it's a, it's an idiot sandwich, and you'll see why. Yes, it's one person, but it's an idiot sandwich. It definitely is. So wait, wait. Oh. Idiot of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to forget that. I needed to do my jazz yeah. fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's me jumping ahead of myself. It's because I've run out of caffeine and I've oh. choked on water. So, 
<laughs> and soiled yourself. I know. It's outrageous. Uh, so, a oh, this is awful. A 77-year-old woman li- who lives in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, returned to her home on Friday, just gone to find a man in her property. The man's name was Christopher Patterson. Patterson. And he was found to be wearing her clothes <laughs> and had yes. taken a shower in this poor woman's house. Now, <laughs> this is the bit that sounds like A, funny, plus there's more. And then you go, <laughs> oh, God. Say, so, Christopher Patterson broke into the woman's home when he was being pursued by a police officer. And he thought <laughs> they think that <laughs> they think that he put on the woman's clothes so that <laughs> the police wouldn't recognize him and he could hide his identity. Now, I mean, if she had a wig and big glasses, that could probably yeah, work. Fucking, you know, he's rocking around the house like Mrs. Doubtfire for fuck's sake. <laughs> That's, funny enough, that is exactly what I picture. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, dear. (laughs) I like to picture him dancing around the kitchen. Anyway, so (laughs) this poor woman, and like I say, 77-year-old woman, comes home, finds this guy in her clothes, and he says that he's hiding from the police. Imagine going, shh, I'm hiding from the police. Don't yeah. tell them I'm here. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I've got visions of him. What's the, what's the grandma called in um, Sylvester and Tweety Pie? Oh. Oh, well, is there a lady? I don't know. But I've got images of him like her tippy, tippy, tiptoeing out of the place going, shh. <laughs> You never saw me. <laughs> and and the, the thing, and this is, <laughs> this is what outrages me. So he could, at that point, he could have just done one and she could have reported to the police that there's a strange man in her house and, mm-hmm. you know, it's scary, but nobody's hurt. Yeah. Um, he, he said that he'd never meant to harm the victim and actually, like, oh, drank from a fridge yeah. and all this shit. But, he then takes this poor woman's handbag from her shoulder and her car keys. What a dick. And then, oh, poor thing. So a struggle ensues and she begged him not to steal her purse. No. And she's terrified, obviously. Of course, she's an she's being elderly woman. She's in scared. In her own home. By, the, by this man who's wearing in her, her clothes. own clothes. I mean... That's almost, I don't know. The that's almost is, like a Freaky Friday type shit. Well, I, it, not that this is... It, or Twilight no, Zone. I'm, I'm a home... I, I, I'm a, what? I'm 100%, you know, not condoning it. But if it was... If he was dressed in an elderly woman's clothes taking on a 30-year-old man for, for a struggle for a wallet, you'd call it farcical. But yeah, this is just horrendous. It's so stupid. He um, so he he, he also took cash, and this is the bit that got me. Her one of her late 
husband's watches. Oh, that you know what? That made me so sad. Yeah, that's low. That is so low. An air mattress and then some shampoo and soap. But later, apparently, he retu- returned one of her late husband's items. It doesn't say what. So I don't know if that's the watch or that's I something so. else he's tried to take. Hopefully, he's got a bit of a conscience. God knows why he aris- uh, resisted arrest in the first place. I don't know. But he he took the woman's car and headed off to Ikea. I mean... <laughs> Maybe he's helping Those to Those tea lights won't buy themselves. <laughs> <laughs> he's a collapse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somewhere to store all of his new purchases. Exactly. Um, so he and then so in this in this car park, he takes the tags from somebody else's vehicle and puts them on the stolen car and then drives to Walmart. I mean, he's clearly got errands to run. <laughs> Fucking his wife's given him a shopping list and he knows that he's going to get shit if he doesn't Don't get these things. Don't forget the fucking collapse you said you were going to get last week and then look at your fucking dead. But I don't have a car. Well, find one. So, apparently, the police then, that evening, they received a phone call from shoppers saying that um, a man was slumped over the wheel of his car at this Walmart and police... Arrived at the scene where Christopher Patterson struggled to try to get away, but he was eventually arrested. It doesn't say whether he was it's still in this woman's clothes. I, I really, so, right? I really hope that he's still in a floral number. That's exactly what I pictured too. <laughs> <laughs> and a pullover. Pink floral with a little bit of um, white lace at the top. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, this pop woman's probably super stylish and she's like uh, excuse oh me bitches wearing some Chanel <laughs> yeah this dick is making a wave by Chanel <laughs> my BMW <laughs> so he was he'd done drugs in the car shocking because Ooh. no person who's not on drugs would go and where did he put in. it like, fuck no. where did he keep it in her pockets yeah <laughs> <laughs> In the purse that he stole. And he's like, oh, this is really handy. Now I see why women use them. <laughs> Put my, my keys, drugs in here. My, drugs, my wallet. Perfect. I can even pop a snack in here. I'll just go to Ikea and get some hot dogs. <laughs> yes. A 50 cent hot dog from the exactly. from Ikea. <laughs> oh. Don't forget the um. cinnamon bun. <laughs> thankfully they recovered some of the stolen items and they were returned it says according to the outlet here so i don't know whether that actually means these are stolen items from the shop or from the woman not sure i don't know oh no some of her stolen items i apologize so that's good the jacksonville sheriff's office department of corrections uh their documents show that patterson was charged with uh uh, petty petty theft petty theft yeah I always thought it was like petty as in like... No, petty is he, like little bit of money. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> he learns something new every day. I always Wait, thought it was like... Wait, they spell it weird in the article? They spell it P-E-T-I-T as in the French for Petites. little. yeah. Yeah. Why did they put... No, that's spelled wrong. <laughs> it's petty theft. That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like... I was. I thought it was like petty as in my life's blood petty. Like little. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um... Petty theft 
of items less than $100 with a bond of $503. He also faces charges of burglary of an occupied dwelling with a $50,003 bond. Mm, Uh, Resisting an officer without violence to his or her person, which has a $2,500 bond, and carjacking without a firearm or deadly weapon. There's another $50,000. So his total bond was set at $103,012. But then he'd only be take what, about 1% or 10% of that? 10%. It's a 10. Yeah, I believe And it's so. very, very little in comparison. Yeah, it really is. Um, I think it's like 10%, but then you only pay X amount of that percentage, I think. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Um, so Christopher Patterson is due in court on June 17th and hopefully, I mean, the picture of him, he, he looks like a right sorry sod. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully this poor woman's okay and she's got her late husband things back. So so. like I say, imagine losing that. That's just, yeah, that's just horrible. Come on. That's some heart. That's our sadness filling in our idiot sandwich because this poor woman has a, had a home intruded on but this guy is a fucking twat for real what an idiot honestly if it was me i would be a terrified but b i would be pissing my pants if a man came out of my bedroom in my clothes i would find I know, it hilarious right? and i secretly would hope that he chooses a great outfit <laughs> but what? Because I want him to think that I'm stylish, but at the same time, I don't want him to uh, take any of my good stuff as well. So maybe he can take one of the sparkly numbers that I've got too fat for that are under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would add insult to injury. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So that's our idiot this week. Woo. Ooh, hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Same old spiel every week. I'm going to ask you to rate, review, and subscribe, please. Yes, please. Please, please, please. Um, you can follow us on social media. All the links are down below. Um, if you want to send us any suggestions or comments or whatever, you can email us at murderonourminds at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can also go to our Anchor FM address and you can send us a voice message. So yeah. if you do, we'll yeah. feature that on the podcast, which is we really cool. We absolutely will. Yes. Yeah. It'd be really great if Anchor could make it so that we could also put the uh, fucking sponsorship on. Oh, that just pissed FYI. me off. I'm can't... so annoyed. Every time I see that, it's popped up. It says, you still need to record yeah. your sponsorship. Well, considering we won't get money off of that because it's US only, very nice you know yeah and can sort it out because you know you want you clearly want a sponsorship on our podcast yet you don't give us the opportunity to do so and i was so freaking excited like yes we're finally hitting numbers where people where somebody wants to put an ad i know (laughs) on our podcast but no sort yourself out Please, if anybody else wants to sponsor us, you know. (laughs) We'd totally be okay with that. Um, That's no problem. (laughs) By all means, 
Don't forget you know? our Patreon. That'd be a great way to help sponsor yes, us. Yes, it you know? absolutely would. Murder on nice Minds. Nice segue. Oh, thank you. It's patreon.com slash murder on our minds. Um, you get early access, you get freebies, and you get um, exclusive episodes. Yeah. So, just, just, you know, Throw nice. that out there. Please. <laughs> Please. Yeah, we won't force you to do it, but we'd, we'd love it if you did. Exactly. Um, and that's it. I guess we'll be back next week. Yes. Think with a uh, crime in the news. Woo. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so low energy. My God. All right. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. Bye.